Hi, this is Ryan, host of the Worst of the Best podcast. If you've stumbled on my little show with this episode, welcome. And uh, the intro will begin shortly, but this is just a public service announcement that the podcast will be on hold for a little while after this episode because yours truly, Ryan, I'm in the Navy, and uh, I'll be sailing six of the next seven months. So because of that schedule, uh, you can expect regular episodes to continue in the new year. And so I highly recommend go back and listen to the back catalog if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, welcome to the show. And here we go. Oh, yeah, subscribe too. Make sure you subscribe. So when those new episodes do pop up, you'll get that alert. Thanks, guys. And thanks for all your support after all these years. It's going to continue 2022. Welcome to the worst of the best podcast. You wanted the best. Well, they didn't freaking make it. So here's what you get from Canada, Ryan and Jason. Welcome to the Worst of the Best podcast. I'm your host, and with me today is my brother, Jason, returning as host with me. Jason, <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great doing these last few with you. We've Last episodes we did, we did Ride the Lightning together. We talked about uh, treats that aren't for sale anymore. Jason, uh, you like money, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Is there anything in your house make money off of? Have you pull something out of your house like i'm gonna sell this thing whether you wanted to keep it or not you're like this could give me a dollar or two actually there is oh i'm in the process of moving and i wanted to get rid of some stuff and see if i can get a couple bucks for it and i had a small mount that i had in front of my treadmill that held up a tv just a small tv that i could watch while i was on the treadmill right you can buy these for like 20 bucks at you know a normal store like it's not that 20 or like on amazon i thought i'll throw it up for 10 bucks like this thing sold within like a couple days there you go i I was shocked who's gonna buy this mount like looking on craigslist or marketplace on facebook looking for like a tv small monitor mount yeah it sold for 10 bucks no you never know the fact that somebody's looking for this or yeah. worth driving out to my place for, yeah, anyway. There are unusual paths to financial success, Jason, and you may have stumbled on something there, selling those mounts. Maybe create your, make your own. Make your own and sell them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very creative. No. But there are some weird things, Jason. There's some weird things that people sell, and not just weird things that they sell, but they make money on this. I mean, you can... You could sell anything. So to say something's weird and then sell it, sure, you could sell used gum on the sidewalk. You, know, you could try selling it, but did people actually buy it and enough that you would make money on it? Here, Jason and I are going to go through a list of things that people have sold or do sell, and they make enough money on it that it made the list today. And at the end of today's discussion, Jason and I, independent of each other, will reveal what we feel is the worst weird thing to make money off of from this list. And I guess how I might do this, if I basically had to hand this item over 
to the person at my door? <laughs> Which one would I feel the the worst shame in doing? With somebody? Repeat the criteria so I can wrap my brain around. Okay, it. I know this is kind of weird because something might be like, oh, I, you know, that's gross or that's weird. That's one thing, but you have to face to face hand over. You're the face of this item, so you you got to make. Or here you go. You have to post it on Facebook that you're selling it. So all your friends see it. So which one of these is the one you would would want to do the least of like, I want to advertise that I'm selling this item? Okay. The most shameful. Yeah, I think the or, most shameful. Or awkward right. item that you would advertise that you're selling. The item that you would least likely want to sell. Yeah, I wouldn't want my name attached to this, and I'm making money off this thing. The least. Okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's that. a few. Like there's that. a few on here that, <laughs> but I'll have to decide at the end which one is just the worst. The first one we're gonna go with is air. Now, air is free. It's found in nature, and it's just about everywhere. Everywhere, right? But that isn't always the case. Depending on which part of the world you're in, some parts are so polluted that some individuals would do just about anything to breathe in some fresh air. So there's air farming. So air farming to fresh spaces is a solution to help those polluted countries. Some enterprising people in the UK, Canada, are cashing in by selling air for customers in China. Air in a bottle is a prized possession and such a relief to the lungs, which are usually exposed to smog. So I have heard of these oxygen. Am I thinking about this right? That's oxygen probably what it is. Or? Yeah, you're not putting this in a Ziploc bag. It's shipping it off. It's probably bottled air. You know, it's fresh bottled air and it gets shipped or something. And they have these probably these big tanks and you probably take your portable air bottle to the shop, fill it up with the air that came in from other countries. And let's pretend you lived in a place like, I don't know, we're not going to pick on China, but let's say you live in a place like China or India, somewhere it might be a heavily polluted air due to low regulations on pollution production. Where do you go to find fresh air? You can't just go outside. Some air quality, as we know, is worse in other parts of the world than other parts of the world. I just think you couldn't buy enough air to combat the amount of bad air you breathe. Well, you talked about an air bar, and I think that's what you're doing is you're not doing this daily 24 hours, but it's like you get home from just living in this polluted air, and you get home, you just have one hour of like, ah, oh, this feels so good. Right. Okay. That's a valid thing to sell. It is a valid product for sure. But how would you grab the air from our outside? How's that done? How do you? Well, they, they they must be purifying it. Oh, you mean how do they give it to people? Just yeah. like an oxygen tank, I would think. You know, like you just have a canister with a mask, and you just open it up, and it just flows out. If I farmed this air and shipped it out, I think one out of every ten bottles, I would just like fart in as a drink. <laughs> It'd be like Willy Wonka's yeah, golden you, you ticket. Could, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could advertise that. Did you get the any stinky? random customer could get the stinky yeah. air from from Ryan? And I would have that bottle like properly marked, so they can't just say it was me. They'd have to give it the same number that was on the bottom of their bottle. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of farts, Jason, what's the next yes. one? Yes. Well, toilet paper. Yeah, so answering the call of nature should not really be a luxurious experience, or should it? Some may go to the bathroom just for some peace and quiet. They'll stare at the wall or scroll on their phone while they do their business. But apparently, alone time isn't the only priority when people go to the bathroom. Some people want to use nothing but the best, even when it comes to toiletries. Some toilet paper manufacturers make luxury black 
camouflage or Sudoku tissue paper to appeal to different markets. Example of the most expensive toilet paper is Toilet Paper Man's 22 karat gold tissue worth $1.3 million. There is a demand for this tissue in Dubai and it is considered the perfect choice for golden toilet seats, which are more like thrones. This is a ridiculous right. thing to spend your money on. Well, the extreme of... Oh, yeah, the extreme <laughs> aspect of, like, I'm talking 22 like... Ca- the, 22 karat gold tissue. Did you imagine buying a roll for $1.3 million and then, I guess, flushing it? Well, it's like they say you have so much money, you have money to burn. I always suspect there's people that are like on the other end of their plumbing. It's like sifting through their sewage in hopes to be able to find remnants of their toilet paper. You got to raid their septic tank or... It's not um, worth it. It's not worth it. I'm not diving anywhere. Even if it was used... No, even if it was in the toilet bowl itself with the fecal (laughs) matter. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) million worth of toilet paper? You would go for it? 22 karat gold tissue. If you dropped your cell phone in your toilet, you grab it. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not... But I'm not picking out the carrots. Literally picking the carrots out of the poop. Depends on what type of moment you had on the toilet. If you dropped your cell phone... (laughs) Or your wallet... You would fish it out of the toilet bowl. But you're not going to go for a... 22 karat gold tissue paper? I get that some toilet paper can be really rough. I've had poor quality toilet paper. I think we all have. It's basically paper towels. Why do toilet paper companies make toilet paper that's like sandpaper? Is it truly cheaper to make it a rough substance? Think of a piece of paper, of uh, full scat paper, is that what they call it? A writing paper. I've mm-hmm. had toilet paper off the roll that's almost equivalent to what I write my schoolwork on. Is making a piece of paper more expensive than making a soft piece of paper? Is that process more expensive? It might not be the process, but it's the interpretation of the product that you end up using. But that's what I don't understand. So they can they can they can pay grade themselves. Like, hey, it costs the same amount no matter what type of toilet paper we make. But the impression is the softer stuff is more luxurious to use. So we're going to jack up the price. I get that. But well, let's just say that it costs a dollar to make hard toilet paper. It costs a dollar to make soft. But right. more soft would always sell because you could up the price. So why wouldn't you just... Do they just say, well, there's people who don't want to pay $4 a roll. So we're going to charge them $2 a roll, but they both cost a dollar to make? Yeah. I've always wanted this about these no-name products yeah, or all this stuff. Yeah. Is it really... A lot of these companies are all the same... But yeah, like say with like a fake cola or whatever, like no name cola, and it tastes off or different. Like, why can't it taste good? Like, is there a rule that says we can't make our product taste yummy too? I think they artificially play with the market. I think. Yeah, why can't you you know why can't they compete? Why can't Coca Cola? (laughs) Yeah. Why can't some no man nobody do the same thing. Specifically, the no-name products or, other, or these competing products are on the same shelf, but it's kind of like the PIB, like Cola PIB soft drink or yeah. whatever. Why can't it be, you know what? We're going to make a yummy soft drink. Let's do it. No, 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 no. We're not Coke. I, but yeah, but why can't we? <laughs> but does it really cost more money to change the ingredient to be tasty? <laughs> Just, well, I'm sure there's some economic majors listening to the episode thinking, yes, there's reasons. Okay, let us know. I, and maybe legit there are more expensive ways to make toilet paper. Well, making them 
out of 22 karat gold, that's one way to do it. Yeah, that. that's, that's one way, right? Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of toilet paper, let's go on to the next item that people sell, Jason. So this might sound crazy, but one man's poop may be a lifesaver for another. So some patients suffer from what's called Clostridium difficile, a bacterial infection that is stubborn and fatal and responsible for 15,000 American deaths a year. So doctors can treat this with a fecal transplant. Healthy microbes from the human waste of a healthy person are placed inside the intestines of the patient. So this helps remove Clostridium difficile from their system. So in 2015, one researcher at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology sold his stool and earned around $1,000. But not anyone can qualify to be an open biome stool donor. You need to pass a thorough clinical assessment and be free of any infection. So you cannot have traveled, for example, to a country in which there's a risk of contracting diseases, and you cannot be obese and should not have used antibiotics or illicit drugs within a specific time frame. Which makes sense. You're, you're giving your bacteria to somebody who needs a uh, certain bacteria. I, w- I wouldn't say that I fit the mold here, but I think I would probably have a decent poop, a quality poop. But I don't know if I could Ziploc it. And Wow, you're humble. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not obese, and I haven't taken any illicit drugs for, well, forever. And I don't use antibiotics, so I follow that at least. And I eat pretty healthy. Be, I don't eat processed yeah. food, and I don't know. My, well, you can make an extra thousand bucks on the side. It's your side hustle. My wife always gets mad at me for sitting on the toilet for half an hour. So I say, "Yeah, hey, honey, I'm making five hundred dollars every half hour here." Could help pay for your. Uh, that could help pay for your one point three million dollar uh, toilet paper. Maybe your poops are worth it, Ryan. To pay for that toilet paper, I'd have to take thirteen thousand poops. <laughs> Do you even do 13,000 poops a lifetime? Well, 13,000, if you did one a day, it would take me three and a half years of pooping to get that one roll of toilet paper, if I sold each poop. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Your little side hustle. Yeah. All right. Professional morning services. So this this is is new to me. Morning as in M-O-U-R-N. That's right. I-N-G. So funerals and burials are somber affairs, and the ones mostly affected by the loss are usually the deceased loved ones. However, some people are actually making money selling professional mourning services. They put up an act and cry on demand. Professional mourners research the person who passed on so they can get to know them and talk a bit about them as they mourn. Professional mourning services are common in African, Asian, and Hispanic countries. Hmm. However, they are also gaining popularity across Europe and the U.S. Some are known to charge different rates for crying and doing other activities such as rolling on the ground, threatening to jump into the grave, and actually jumping into the grave. (sighs) That's awesome. I could do this. this, I could do this. This is bizarre. (laughs) Nobody else is going to mourn for Grandpa, so let's pay somebody to make it look like we miss him. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Okay. Like uh, Ryan wasn't a very liked person. Becky's going to be embarrassed being at this funeral, <laughs> my wife. And she's like, I need, I need some support here. Who do I have to hire? This is what I might have to do. I will pre-order mourners and I will have them prepaid to attend my funeral without anybody else knowing. They'll just kind of show up and these like people, they'll all be like crying and wailing and jumping into my grave. And people will think, wow, Jason was really well-liked. Look at all these people and look how upset they are. 
But I wonder what it would be take to, to do this gig. I, doing your first one, say, okay, man, this is my first day. It's my first day on the job. Okay, here we go. Whew, deep breath, deep breath. Oh, Uncle Joe. <laughs> Uncle Joe. <laughs> Everyone's like, who is this guy? What? Like, we didn't even like this guy. I would love to be the guy that pounds on the cat. Why yes, you? Yes. Why you? Yes. Why, God? Why? <laughs> take me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, people are making hey, people are making money off it. That's great. I just wonder who's so desperate. It's oh. got to be the people that are buying one point three million dollar rolls of toilet paper who are paying for these things because it's a little embarrassing, to be honest. I, I think. Oh, it's interesting that it's common in African, Asian, and Hispanic countries. And this, I just wonder so, why that is. I'm trying to think what yeah, the connection I, I, is. But I'm, it is picking popularity in Europe and U.S. So it is gaining enough popularity that it made our list. All right, use underwear. Now, to some, handling or having someone's underwear may be downright disgusting. However, to others, this is truly a fetish. They may be willing to pay a premium price to get a hold of someone else's used underwear. Apparently, there's a considerable demand for this. The grosser they are, the bigger the demand. This creepy business thrives on the sale of used women's underwear, obviously. And you get a better price if the underwear is a tight-fitting, worn-out, and has weird stains. Gross, right? A pair goes around for 50 bucks at a fair price. What makes it more bizarre is the vast market available for these products. Japan, I know Japan, for example, does have vending machines just for this business. Now, the government uh, did shut it down, but only on concerns that it was men that were wearing the female undergarments, so it wasn't being properly advertised. It was shut down for false advertisement. You know, I don't want to be gratuitous here or anything, but obviously you would figure it would be a lot of it would be men that buy this. I thought you were going to say something about to go along with your um, healthy poops, <laughs> that you would have a healthy pair of underwear right. that you could sell. <laughs> well, if I had a healthy poop, it's uh, it's clean and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, you know, this this is odd, uh, but this is a real fetish. I mean, you know, yes. um, I don't think we're breaking any ground here by exposing this as something that people pay for. If you think about it, people do pay for this. The problem with this business, if you're truly trying to make money off it, as the consumer in particular, is how do we, how does the consumer know that this truly did come from either a female or or the person who's being advertised to sell it? But there are adult stars that do this. There are people that do do this. I think it has. I think there's some sort of verification part of this. I don't know what it would. There be. are web. Is it, I don't know. Without without divulging too much, I know someone. But and there's a web page. That kind of they, verifies that they... Oh. Well, I don't know. It's pretty hard to verify unless you do DNA samples off the underwear and out of the person. I mean, outside of that, I'm not sure how you could actually verify. You could, you know, you just say, hey, this is this is who I am. No, and I, this is what I'm selling. Yeah, I, I just don't know how else you could verify. I don't know. They must have found a sweatshop where there's just a bunch of guys <laughs> running around a track. Well, it's... And girl, ladies' underwear, just hundreds of Japanese men just... Sweating and but don't women smell leaking. different than men? I mean, isn't there a way that? <laughs> but it might be too late. You, you give it your first whiff, and it's like I already spent money on this. Like, oh, how, well. how, do you, how do I get my money back? Humans are funny. We're just funny things, you know. Um, it's it's odd. It's different. It's actually harmless. Like nobody's getting hurt. So if you want to buy someone's else used clothes, it was t- basically you're buying something that was around their groins. Congratulations! But there's a real fetish for it, and people made money off it. But I find it odd. I wouldn't. Oh, I. But if somebody yeah. came up to you and say, "Ryan, I'll buy your underwear right now for fifty bucks," I'd probably drop trowel, pull it off my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but my- you won't. But you won't. 
pick out $1.3 million of toilet paper out no, of the I, if I, No, if somebody wants my underwear, I'd be more yeah, willing to I give them my that. underwear off my bottom than to pick through a toilet bowl looking for carrots. <laughs> <laughs> for 50 bucks. All right. Okay, number four. Breast milk. Yes, Mother's Ven breast milk got a reasonable price, and it's a lucrative business that has existed for quite a while. While this may seem suitable for infants whose mothers can't breastfeed, the World Health Organization advocates that infants should get breast milk from other healthy mothers in the event their biological mothers are unable to produce milk. You can make money selling your breast milk. There are sites like onlythebreast.com that facilitate this sale. You and I are both parents. We're both unable to breastfeed our children when they were younger. Uh, so th- that could have happened to either one of us. So let's say that our spouse at the time wanted to breastfeed, was unable to, and for whatever re- medical reasons or unable to produce or whatever. Like It's great to know that this is provided for the infants. Uh, as a, I as think a this is a phenomenal service. Yeah. Honestly, it's a phenomenal service. I guess even similar to the fecal, you know, at the end of the day, the fecal yes. transplant where people are medically in a vulnerable position and need a fecal transplant, same with breast milk. It's obvious that breast milk is the ideal source of food for babies. So, Mother's nature's nectar is the best for babies, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, and but how do you verify it's little Charlie that's asking right. for this? That's the... I, again, I knew a guy. And Ooh, your he, friends. <laughs> we'll talk offline. Sure. And yes, he talked often about his fetish of drinking breast milk. Sure, that's a. So, or maybe we could say his enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, he talked to me a few times about it. Sure, adult breastfeeding is what's referred to is a, a common, common enough that it's there are groups, there are people that do this. There's a, an interest. I would say, look, I would almost find this more naturally. Uh, what's what I was looking for more. I kind of get this more than use underwear. <laughs> I was, I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing. I, yes, this is uh, way more, yeah, yeah, less odd or whatever of an approach to the human body than hey, can I play around with your used underwear after you've used it? Yeah, yeah. I love the name of the site though. Only the breast talk on that's got kind of, that's that's good. Different, you know, it's different. Again, people probably aren't thinking about that, but I think it's one of those things where, oh boy, it sure would be nice to have breast milk for our child. This is a very valuable service. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, the next one. Selling real-life horror moments. This is interesting. For most of us, we like to keep our dark moments to ourselves. We seldomly want to remember those times life dealt us a cruel hand. However, for others, this is a money-making opportunity. People are actually getting paid to narrate and, and sell their real-life misery moments to magazines and newspapers. These stories may range from your near-death experience, okay, an illness, or even your spouse's affair. The prices vary depending on the sensitivity of your story. But what the agencies will do, and I get why they do this, is that they do require that the storytellers produce photographs or document proof to validate the story then they'll publish these. Because I guess anyone could make up a story about a near-death experience or illness or if you're a good storyteller. But I, you know, when something's real, or at least real to the individual, it sells better, right? Of so, course, yeah. yeah. So even though this might sound callous on the publisher's part, you can get, though, the individual telling the story is you can get anywhere from 200 to 2,000 for a single story. Depending on your bargaining skills, you can, 
you can convince a magazine or a newspaper into a or you know internet blog into a joint deal for your story. So you know if your story sells, it can become the new Amityville horror series. Who knows, right? Or Exorcist or something. People sell their autobiographies, and some people live a scary life or have you know, horrible experiences that they, in some ways, like they say, make lemons uh, lemonade out of lemons. You capitalize on a on a horrible experience, whatever it might be, try and make something out of it. I got a couple of ghost stories. You and I have shared a couple of ghost stories with each other, but I don't know if they would make any kind of money. You know, no, um, my my memory is not good enough to be yeah. able to get a lot of details out of anything. Yeah. Again, when you think of you know ways to make some money on the side, a side hustle, as Jason said earlier, sell, selling a tragic story of your life to put into like a Reader's Digest or something, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. A Reader's Digest uh, sounds like a Reader's Digest. I love those when I was reading those in the doctor's office or dentist's office yeah, when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, keep you occupied. Now we have our smartphones. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay, so plasma. Plasma is the clear fluid in which other blood components like platelets and red blood cells are suspended. This is why it is different from conventional blood donations. It takes much longer since the doctors have to extract the plasma from the blood. Apart from the fulfillment of knowing you're helping a sick person somewhere, you also get paid well for it. To sell your plasma, you have to be screened for specific viruses, be 18 years old, and weigh more than 110 pounds. If you're the right weight and healthy, you can make two donations per week. For each donation, hospitals pay anywhere from 20 to 50 bucks. Hospitals pay you depending on the amount of plasma you can donate. The amount of plasma you can safely donate is directly proportional to your weight. There you go. Yeah, that makes sense. 100 bucks <clears> a week, let's say. Do that uh, 52 weeks. Yeah, you make $5,200 a year. What's interesting about this is I saw a documentary on YouTube where much of the blood that people donate isn't actually going to sick people. Hmm. Vampires? They're, no, they're, they're mining people's blood for the plasma, and it's going to big biotech companies. Oh, you're talking about blood you know, donations? Lot, yeah, a lot of people think, oh, I'm donating blood, and it's helping somebody in the hospital who might need a blood. I wonder if all that blood's ever used, eh? Yeah. That's what I'm saying is yeah. that there's, there's documents or there's this YouTube document that they did an investigative report. I forget the name of it. It's something, you know, like kind of like blood, you know, the way that anyway, people yeah. think they're selling their blood or donating their blood and they're not even getting paid for it. They're doing it for free. And then the hospitals or the blood drive people sell it and they're not selling it for the blood. They're actually selling it to get the plasma. So you unknowingly are signing away your plasma for free. These companies then make money off of your plasma because it goes to biotech companies that then use it for a multitude of different things. I mean, it's been about a year, a year and a half since I watched it. It was fascinating and a little bit disturbing that some people don't know that they're not donating blood. They're actually having their blood sold in order to extract plasma. From the worst of the best podcast, all of you. Everyone stop doing any blood. <laughs> That's our message of the day today. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where, where I've donated blood, and I'm sure I'll do it again sometime in my future. I've done what I can. Yeah, I'm not trying to poo-poo the idea of a blood drive because at some point, some of this will get to people that need it. Right. But I was just surprised. No, I'd never heard of that. I, they, I, 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 no, I had never heard of it either, and somehow it came across my eyes. It's like I was 
YouTubing or searching for blood drives or what's the story behind blood donations? It just kind of popped up and I'm like, oh, this is an interesting title. I had no idea what it was about. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, some people donate blood, but they don't realize that their donated blood is actually being sold for plasma. No, that's interesting. Thank you. I mean, I'm sure one or two of our listeners would have found that interesting. So you can, <laughs> you can edit it all. You can edit no, it all out. It's not no, interesting. No, it isn't actually. It's, I don't know why. I'm actually not being facetious. That was interesting. I would never yeah. have made the connection, but nothing surprises me anymore. All right, the last one is selling weird jewelry on Etsy. Conventionally, jewelry is supposed to be beautiful, you know, unique and probably shiny. But there is a huge market for jewelry that is downright weird or creepy. So on Etsy, hundreds of sellers, you can look this up yourself, uh, make creepy jewelry out of unconventional material, like maybe say deer teeth, or I bet you even human teeth, quite frankly. So even more astounding is the market for such jewelry. You'll see soap in the shape of mutilated human body parts and denture-inspired earrings and finger rings on the site. Now, with the advances and capabilities of 3D printing, the array of weird stuff on Etsy just got bigger. Sellers get quite an impressive passive income selling bizarre jewelry. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, jewelry is a funny thing. I, I know I'm a guy. I'm not trying to say men don't wear jewelry. That's not the point. But it, you know, for the most part, we associate jewelry with women and, and females. That's for the. I would say that's their largest demographic. Uh, I'm not trying to be controversial by saying I mean, we live at such a time now where I can't even say women wear more jewelry than men. But let's be honest. Like, my mom had a jewelry box. My dad did not. <laughs> like, but that being said, jewelry, I find it weird to me. Again, maybe because I'm just a guy. I don't know why, but I just I see no value in it. It does nothing for me aesthetically when I see it on people. It's such a weird thing to accessorize yourself. I find it odd. I think humans are weird, but I find it I like, oh, look at this beautiful you, you, brooch I'm wearing. <laughs> oh, wow, that's yeah, fantastic. Or like a lapel pin. <laughs> right. Okay, what about a watch? I like a nice-looking watch. I haven't worn a watch in 25 years. I wear nothing. I don't wear my wedding ring. That's right, ladies. I am single, ready to mingle. I said, I just, I don't like things wrapped yeah. around myself. Like, I don't want it on my neck. I don't want it on my wrist. I don't want it on my finger. I just don't. I wear, like, a fitness tracking watch. And I prefer to look at my watch instead of to have to look at my cell phone. Especially with a lot of the work that I do, it's like outside physical labor type stuff. Having to grab my phone every time I want to see the time or a notification, I could just look down at my watch real quick without having to stop doing whatever it is that I'm doing. But yeah, I'm not really a jewelry person. I like a watch. But you know, people have bought weird, you know, I don't think it's anything different than say somebody. I think Jonathan Davis from the lead singer from Corn. He owns Ted Bundy's VW Bug. You That's got to be people, haunted, man. That's got to be haunted. Yeah, yes, like so. People do enjoy these weird collections of stuff. I know Slash. You really into the horror? Yeah, horror. yeah, yeah. You know they have these weird. But we're looking at pictures um, right now. I know we're. Yeah, I, I can't. There's a necklace here that actually no. has a toilet paper roll on it. <laughs> That's like meta. It's a $1.3 million toilet paper roll jewelry necklace. How much are they selling it for? Let's actually go check it out. That toilet paper, uh, miniature toilet paper roll necklace is $12. Huh. 
Yeah, interesting. So, ladies and gentlemen, just go weird Etsy jewelry, and you will see what we're talking about on your Google. There's some interesting stuff. A lot of hands, uh, a lot of brain stuff. Yeah, a lot of hands are very popular. Teeth, of course, real teeth or things shaped as teeth. They pulled out right from the root. Eyeballs, fingers. Yeah, I'm not into any of this stuff. No, I'm not talking about just the jewelry. I'm just talking about... Why does that have to be weird? I don't want to be feel scared. But you're crazy. At. But you're crazy, Jay. You're your own person. <laughs> uh, All right. So there you go, everyone. Let's go through that list one more time really briefly to see what the topics were. And then Jason and I, I think the criteria still stands. So what would you be willing to advertise online publicly that you're going to sell this the least? Uh, like what would be the most embarrassing or shameful thing that you'd want to sell? On Facebook, that would have to be the worst thing. Some of these are valid things. We talked about that, so there's definitely yeah. a worst. So here we go: uh, air, toilet paper, human waste, professional morning service, used underwear, breast milk, real life horror moments, plasma, or weird jewelry on Etsy. So Jason says, "I'm selling this. Come to my house and buy it." Which one would embarrass you the most? Mm. This is tough, eh? Yeah. These off the bat, you might think human waste, but if it's for the right purposes, but I guess some people might buy it for. I think. Well, I think in this situation, the, your human waste is going towards the actual. Like you just don't, you can't deliver it to someone's door. So I'll, I'll give you that, but you'd have to put on Facebook. Hey, I made a thousand dollars today selling my poop to uh, MIT. Cool. <laughs> like even though it's a good cause, would you be willing to write that? That's what. So which one are you yeah. willing to write? This I, I know it's a good cause, but you have to write on your Facebook status. Okay. Today I made money doing this. <laughs> which one is the one you would do last? Okay. Hmm. I think selling my underwear. Yeah, I agree. There's no way around that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because people can kind of get behind the medical services if that's in fact why I'm selling my poop. But... I was just about to say the morning. Yeah, it's a tough one. Because that you have to like, have, that you, was a, you're a complete fraud. You're like, or, but yes, but you know, you could argue. This, what? We didn't bring this up. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you are a quote unquote fake morning, but you could argue I'm providing the service of adding to the morning, meaning like by sharing that loss with other people, it's easier for other people mm. to mourn. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. Where they don't feel alone in their morning if they don't have a lot of loved ones. If there's more people there, it's more comfortable to be public with their crying. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I bet you there's comfort in that. I bet you. I bet you people probably get drawn into the experience. I mean, everybody needs a hug, yeah. right? I mean, even if it's from a stranger, sometimes that's all you just need somebody to embrace you in your time of. And I bet you that's what their service low. is. I bet you that's what their service is. We probably yeah. didn't say it very well. I bet you they do offer. Like it's not done in a silly way. Yeah. You know, and here in the North American environment, we're not exposed to that sort of openness. So other culturally, other people might view it very differently. We're coming from a very different approach or angle. So, yeah. So I'm going to say my underwear. I think so, too, because you'd have to write, hey, I sold my used underwear today for 50 bucks. Pretty cool, eh? <laughs> so I think that's the one I would least likely yeah. want to own publicly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to advertise that I have used underwear. Let's just pretend that that doesn't exist. That's right. I don't wear underwear, so this would be an issue. All right. Well, remember, in front of every silver lining, there's a cloud. And today, Jason and I helped you find that, and that was used underwear. Thanks for joining me, Jason. 
You're welcome. Thanks for having me, brother. We'll do this again. Gamma Gator Productions.